0: Welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of all elite wrestling. I'm one of your co-hosts, Aubrey Edwards, here with my other co-host.
1: Yeah, I'm the other guy. Tony Schiavone is my name. How's everybody doing out there?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Tony Schiavone, he's cool. He's, he's, he's done one or two things. Anyway... Mm-hmm. Today, we have uh, a guest that I'm, I'm very, very happy to have because I work with her a ton behind the scenes. Also, just as a side note, uh, we would not have any podcast guests on this show if it was not for this guest, because uh, she is a big help to our producer, Stacy for getting her contact information for AEW Talent. Of course, it is the one and only the librarian, Miss Leva Bates.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Yay. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> So, yay. I'm so excited to be here. When you guys asked me, it was like, hey, do you want to be on the show yourself? I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, me? you've only
0: been booking <laughs> guests for like a year. And now it's like, oh, hey, now we could actually have you. Yeah, no, that's that's a thing. <laughs>
2: yay. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, what email do you need? Yours. Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, Liva, we know you uh, as a librarian, of course, but you have... Uh, before AEW started, you you wrestled a lot and, and held many, many championships. There's a long list here of, of championships that you held in front of us. So without going down that, I mean, we can talk about Southern Championship, uh, Florida Women's Champion, United States Championship Wrestling, Women's Champion, uh, Women's Superstar and Center Tournament Champion, Wrestling Circuits Sideshow Champion. My gosh. Yeah, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Feud of the Year. Yeah, uh, ranked twenty-eight out of top fifty
0: female wrestlers for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Worst gimmick. That's a fun one. Hell yeah, <laughs> well, you know. but yeah, this is <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> we have we have an in, like we'll we'll typically get a list for people before we do one of these podcasts, and yours I think is the longest one we've seen, which what? is kind no of,
2: way. Yeah, yeah, no, no way. it's kind of
0: crazy the amount of stuff that you did on the indies was crazy. Well. I uh, hustle. <laughs> I <laughs> guess hustle. that's
2: what I do. The definition had, of hustle. Had to pay bills.
0: <laughs> Speaking of hustling, <laughs> so you came on to AEW uh, through being the elite. They were asking for librarians and whatnot. Uh, talk about kind of how that whole thing went down.
2: Um, I think I'm allowed to say this now. It's been a year. Year past. Uh, Cody actually hit me up initially. Um, you I mean, it wasn't been- work. No. <laughs> i i initially heard heard rumblings i already had you know the library you know how rumblings are at the internet internet's nothing but rumblings so i heard rumblings it was but he he hit me up he was like we're looking for some celebrity people to to do videos and we think it would be a lot of fun if you just kind of do a little video if you wouldn't mind it'd be a big help for us and i'm like oh my god honestly to be 100% honest i was like this is wonderful publicity for me because Around that time, I felt like my indie bookings were starting to go down a little bit, declined. And I was like, oh, this will help me out a lot. Even if, like, you know, I've been in contact, hey, if you guys need any wrestlers, let me know. Oh, well, we got, you know, a lot of female wrestlers we need right now at the moment. Because again, you know, it hadn't been in shows yet or had not even pay per view. So I was like, they're not really looking at me, but this is great. I'll get PR, I'll help them, they'll help me. Heck yeah, I'll do the video. So I was actually on a trip. It was supposed to be for an indie show that ended up getting canceled. Uh, But I also went for a K-pop concert uh, to Chicago.
0: No, not surprising at all.
2: I pretty much for like the last two years of my indie career used indie wrestling to pay for my K-pop habit. But I, I digress. I was in Chicago and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and find a really cool looking library and film this video. So I did the video, not thinking, you know, I'm really going to get the job or anything, but I'm like, this will be a really cool PR for, for all of us, for, for Cody, for BTE, especially for me. And it really was, it was, it kind of just took off because a lot of, a lot of it was fans, a lot of it was other, you know, indie workers. And I, I don't know if it's just what it was about it. People really seem to like it, but it just really was one of the ones that seemed to take off. And about a month later, I get a text. I'm in the middle of a Twitch stream, by the way. I just started the Twitch stream. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome... Oh, as I throw something across the room. Hey, guys. Welcome to to my Twitch stream. Blah, 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 blah. And I always do a Q and a right before I started into the game. And I'm in the middle of my Q&A and I get a buzz on my phone. It's two buzzes. Bzz, 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 bzz. I look down. It's Christopher Daniels and uh cody and they were both like cody was like our plan worked (laughs) what what plan right there was a plan
0: he's (laughs) so good at just texting you like half the information and then you're like am i supposed to know what's going on right now
2: (laughs) and then i'm like cody what plan He's like you're in you're the librarian i'm like what and i'm like hi guys i'm sorry i got i got a very important message i got to take care of watch some music videos real quick. I'll be right back. And I like put the Twitch stream on like kind of a pause where it just kept playing music video. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What plan? What librarian? I thought you guys already had one. And it was just my mind went, (laughs) I'm pretty sure if you go back and try to find that Twitch stream, I go, (laughs) our plan worked. What plan? (laughs) You didn't tell me about this plan. Mm. <laughs> so apparently that was his plan all along. I, I guess in his brain, I, w- I wasn't aware of that, that he was, I guess, trying to find an end for me, I guess. I, I don't I don't really know. Later on, Kenny was telling me, he's like, your video was just really, really good. And one day where they were sitting around talking about it and Cody brought it up to Tony. Hey, Kenny, right in front of Tony. Hey, Kenny, did you see Reba's video? And of course, Kenny and I know each other. Through wrestling, but mostly all, all of our interaction up to that point had been video game conventions, like uh, CEO and those type of things. So he's like, Yeah, I know Leva. She's actually really great. She's done a lot of CEOs. She's actually kind of went up above and beyond and was volunteered for things she didn't have to do. So yeah, she's really cool people. And like, you like her video? Oh, yeah, it's great. And then like, they're kind of like talking me up in front of Tony. And Tony's like, Well, give her a call. And I'm like, like legit, when, when Kenny told me that, I started like almost crying. I was just like, can I hug you? <laughs> it was just such a moment that I just had no idea, literally no idea that people were kind of pulling for me, you know? It's just, right. It just one of those. I did the video. It was a lot of fun. It was a little bit of I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And then I just thought it'd be it, you know? And it was crazy because uh, of all in. I remember I was, I was there for the big convention and we were watching the show. I was actually watching it online in my room with uh, Mia Yim and her and I were talking about just because, you know, we're best friends and her and I were like, la, 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 la. And I'm like, you know what? Out of all the companies, this is where I want to be. And they're not even a company yet, but I go, if they ever have a company, I think this is where I want to be. So flash forward, like, you know six to eight months later I get that that call it's just like oh my god how how you say something and manifest it in the world and it comes to fruition and it's just ah, uh, even now I still like tear up a little bit just because it's like how this is it's like a movie almost where it's just like poor unsuspecting girl doesn't realize she just <laughs> did the right sliding door I guess I don't know right. it was just it's such a dream come true because this is literally—I literally like this is where I want to be. This is the type of people I want to work with, and just watching the show and just the production value of it. And it's their first pay-per-view pre-AEW, and it's just like, ah, oh, they have a company. It's going to be something special, and I'm going to be there. Yeah. And then here I am. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I owe them so much. I feel like <laughs> I, owe, I owe everyone so much, Tony. Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, everyone.
1: Well, you sound excited. I mean, you can't, you can't hold back your excitement, and we get that. Now, the Leva Bates, the librarian that we all see on TV, there's another Leva Bates that works behind the scenes. Uh, tell, a, tell tell the fans about that because may, many of them don't know that.
2: Okay, I am pretty much uh, the CPO coordinator. What does that mean? I am Brandy Rhodes' right hand. <laughs> pretty much everything that she has her fingers in. I am the one that's like cranking it out. So we do a lot of PR. We do a lot of uh, like the charity work, uh, all the chief branding of all sorts. Uh, we're working with heels now. I am. I feel like gopher girl backstage. I'm literally running around with like a chicken with her head cut off backstage, trying to connect all the pieces for all the different departments. I'm in charge of the makeup department as well as the seamstress kind of help them uh, coordinate them along help them so I'm, I'm coming up with a list of who needs makeup who's working getting the supplies with the the head makeup artist helping Massandra figure out whose needs gear when they need gear by the time they need gear so it's i'm kind of doing a little bit i'm also now the unofficial cake girl for all the birthdays
0: yes. <laughs> you were you were gone last loop and there was chaos because it's like oh god who's getting the cake for the birthdays like (laughs) that's always a leave a thing what's going on oh my
2: god so i got a text from jeff it's like it's matt's birthday we need a cake and i'm like um i'm I'm not there i'm like you may want to hit up charlie or someone (laughs) (laughs) so it was one of those yeah i i i'm kind of like i know aubrey and are kind of like the the people uh the the locker room point of contact i get so many questions from all the girls the hey leva, where do i need to send this to or hey I, I don't know where to go or hey blah blah blah. what time is training i'm also i, I feel like because i'm brandy's right hand i'm also now under the umbrella of dustin who who is our trainer for the women athletes so it's one of those i'm always hey leva can we send out an email hey leva can you run the the Zoom classes for me, and so I'm running the tech there. So, and now Aubrey and I are in charge of game nights for everything. <laughs> oh
0: boy! Yeah, like, you know, I don't know how Leva has time to even like do her own Twitch streams. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous.
2: It's it's the last couple, especially that week we did our game night. We also did the Special Olympics gaming, and I had to. Oh, the next night. morning. That was back to back. That was insane. So I I, I do a little bit of everything. I like to think. <laughs>
1: Well, you know that, uh, Leva. That's important. I always saw, you know, you, to be more than just a performer in the ring. To work behind the scenes, like you and Aubrey do, is it makes you more valuable to the company, right? Oh,
2: absolutely. You get that?
1: Yeah, you get that. Tell me about this game night thing. Am I unfamiliar with this? What's going on?
2: Well, um, the heels website, uh, we the Hills memberships, we do different right. parties. Uh, we do like kind of monthly themed parties, but we also now open it up to game night. So we're doing video game nights with the members as well as with the talent. So last time we did oh. Jackbox Quiplash, which is kind of like uh, you make up little quips to these, these scenarios and these questions and people vote which one's the funniest or which one they like the best. And it's just a good little romp and laugh. So now we're working on the next one, which is the Halloween version, and it's a murder trivia party. So basically a serial killer is hosting a trivia night and uh, if you get it wrong, you might die.
0: <laughs> it's a good pitch wow. for it yeah
2: I'm a big I'm a big gamer, and Brandy was like, "I know nothing about gaming. this is all you." No, I'm like, so even when like the the Special Olympics hit us up, and you're like, "Hey, obviously we're not doing physical sports right now because of what's going on in the world, uh, but we are doing eSports, you know rocket league and other video games can we do a video game brandy is like we would love to Leva, this is on you (laughs) (laughs) i know nothing of gaming
0: during the the first game night i think i'm getting a text from brandy like i don't know what's going on but i'm having fun (laughs) (laughs) for anyone who's interested in joining us in our game nights or other future heels events remember that you can go to all sign up for membership you get access to uh, fun events, you get uh, discounts on merch And you can hang out with everyone on the roster Other female members of the wrestling community Super, super great uh, We're talking with Leva Bates about Being a librarian on the screen And being everything behind the scenes
1: <laughs> We're here with Leva Bates We're talking about all the things you do at AEW But let's talk about what drew you into wrestling in The very first place, Leva And talk about your training And how you chose to train at 3d academy talk about that for us
2: i call uh bully ray and devon my two dads (laughs) i all right so so the funny thing about wrestling is i've watched wrestling since a child i loved i have always loved wrestling since wee wee years my family watched it i i'm the next door neighbor to my grandmother who used to watch me while my mom was working He was big into it and we would play with his figures and we would go to shows together. I remember seeing like running to the railing, cheering as Hogan ran by. It was the coolest thing ever. So I just always been into wrestling, but it's not anything I thought I could actually ever do. It's not like when you're in school, especially in like nowhere, Kentucky, uh, it's not like you can grow up to be a wrestler. It's one of those, it's like grow up to be something practical and I'm like well that's not gonna happen so I'm like (laughs) I've always wanted to perform like when I was younger I was like I want to be in space well actually I don't want to be in space I want to pretend I'm in space like Star Trek or I want to pretend I'm this so I've always even when I was little I would always make believe and and play pretend like I, I probably played pretend as Catwoman for about a good chunk of my my childhood because I was obsessed with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, so I knew performing was going to be something I was going to do. So once I got older, started you know got in high school, started doing the- theatrical performances, went to college again. I was a, it's one of those like am am I allowed to? To major in theater and then it was like it's one of those it's like you're so used to getting permission you're supposed to do this so i was like you know what i'm gonna do it i was doing you know marching band i wanted to really focus on theater so i, I decided okay i gotta be practical so i did a double ma- major majored in radio and tv production so if mm-hmm. no one hired me i can make my own productions and then <laughs> and acting so uh, i started doing weird odd jobs trying to get acting jobs as working at a dude ranch as a rodeo clown, singer, dancer, stunt woman. Decided to move wow. to right. Yeah.
1: That's tremendous. Keep going.
2: <laughs> really we we did everything. Like pretty much the entertainers were all of the entertainment of the the Dude Ranch. And then I decided I wanna to move to Florida and become Sarah Connor. So I moved to Florida and became Sarah Connor. Uh well hung out with Sarah Connor at Universal Studios. Uh, I also got into a lot of other shows there. Just doing dancing shows, acting, character work. Uh, I'm small, so I fit inside of, you know, fun little costumes pretty well. And I have no qualms, so I can move a lot in things. So, I was working Universal. And at the time, there was another show, you know, Impact Wrestling. I never could, actually, it wasn't Impact at the time. It was still considered a. Uh, TNA. TNA. I would film every week or every two weeks at Universal. Again, being a big wrestling fan, I would go. I work there. I usually get off work, go get in line and watch the shows. I did becoming friends with a lot of people who worked behind the scenes and wrestlers just because it's just how it is. And they were like, well, if you dance and you act and you do stunts why haven't you ever gotten to wrestling i'm like well that wasn't offered at the university <laughs> i graduated from it's not like something you could just oh i'm gonna major in pro wrestling you know so i didn't know it was something right. i could do and they're like oh no 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 there's wrestling schools there's special wrestling schools come with us and me i just on a whim i was like all right why not i'll go to a wrestling school so i showed up to the wrestling school at the time uh it was FXE tifan Dudley was still was a trainer at FXE, but it was actually owned by someone else. There, it was owned by H.A. Kalon, but Matt Bentley and Devon Dudley were like the two one of the main head trainers there. So I started like kind of taking a step in. I was like, maybe I'll manage, because again, I didn't think wrestling was something I could do. So I was like, yeah, okay. I told him like I think maybe I could be a manager, like you know. Like, Sherry Martell or Miss Elizabeth. And so I was like, sure. okay, let's try this. I got in the ring, and they're like, well, you want to try to take a bump? I'm like, yeah, let's take a bump. Boom. They're like, oh, honey, you're not a manager. You're a wrestler. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, you, you hesitate. You did not hesitate, and you just did it. No, i like, like, we need that. You have a heart of a wrestler. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And so next thing you know, I signed up. And, uh, eventually Demon ended up about like a little less than a year, about like nine months later, decided to have his school with Bully Ray or Bubba or whatever you want to call him at <laughs> the Team 3D Academy. So uh, I followed them. and, uh, it was the choice cause it was like, well, if you want to learn from someone, you want to learn from someone that's done it all. And they have, they're one of the most decorated tag teams in the world they've done, ECW, TNA, WWE, All Japan, New Japan, AAA. Like, they literally, they've been all over the world doing everything. So, obviously, I went with them and pretty much spent the next several years just training under them, absorbing all the their knowledge and, uh, you know, calling them my two dads. And that's pretty much how I found my way at the, the Team 3D Academy. I was, I'm actually the, the, one of the very first, I am the first class, like in the first class of students, so. Damn. I'm one of the old, old ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so knowing your acting background now helps to kind of like fill in the picture a little bit of like who you were on the indies. Cause I know one of the big things that was like, oh, Leva Bates is on a show. Who is she going to cosplay as? Like, I think like we worked a shimmer show one year and like you dressed up as Britney Spears and came out to toxic. <laughs> And I was just like, I like, there's always like a dance number. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see if there's, uh, is there any like cosplay costume that in particular has been super memorable or like maybe ones that didn't quite work out?
2: Oh man, so many, <laughs> so many on both, both ends. Um, I always say this and one of the ones that this most endeared me because I thought it was going to be absolute utter garbage is my Captain Jack Sparrow costume I, I wore for shine to you. Why? Why did I think it was going to be garbage? I don't know if you've ever tried to piece together a a pirate costume. But pirate costume is pretty much just random pieces thrown together. Because that's how they live. Okay. They live with everything on them. So, like, they'll have a random shirt and a sash and a weird thing and another sash and a weird pants. But when you lay it out on a bed, it just looks like garbage. <laughs> and you're like... Oh, man, I don't know if this is going to look good. This is before I put it on. I'm like, oh, man, I just don't I just don't think this is going to work. Oh, man, this might be the first one I'm really going to get like, oh, this is terrible. You suck. So I'm like, oh. and I really wanted my pirate versus ninja match because I was wrestling Portia Perez, and she's a Canadian ninja. So I was like, I have to have a pirate. So I'm like, you know what? All right, I'm not going to give up. This is on Thursday. The show's on Friday. I'm like, I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to put it on. I'm going to trim my facial hair because I got facial hair and I got a picture of Johnny Depp. So I was going to trim the facial hair to match him exactly because that's how meticulous I am. So I put the outfit on. I haven't put the the hat or the wig or anything on yet. I was just going to put the mustache on. I'm trimming it to my face and I put the wig on and I finished just the last bits of like facial hair and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a step back. And I took a step back and I looked exactly like him. And I went, oh, I was so shocked because on the bed, it looked like it was not going to be anything of note. But it was just with the facial hair, the hat, the hair, it all came together. And that was just – I was so happy about it. And with that, I got to do the whole drunken, like, thing. So I got to add those little nuances. like
0: The drunken that
2: Yeah, kind of like the sway he does. And it was just – it was such a joy to to try to to incorporate that into the promos and the match itself. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. And, and I remember showing up, and Parsha goes, All right, so what are you dressed up as? And I'm like, Well, I'm Captain Jack Sparrow because uh, he's a pirate and you're a Canadian ninja. And I wanted a ninja versus pirate match. And she goes, I love you. You're, you, you make wrestling so easy and fun. Thank you. I was <laughs> just like, She was like, Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> so it's just that was one of those i was just i wasn't sure it was gonna be anything and it just all kind of came together um and there's so many there's so many it's, it's hard to say what my favorite or what my least favorite is just because it's like say this is my favorite child <laughs> um i i put in there's sometimes i put in probably too much work i ended up doing a pyramid head from the silent Hill series i came out i was in this feud and i was kind of going a little bit darker at shine and so i wanted to do i was big into to, i just really wanted to do pyramid head for some reason and i saw a youtube video on how to make your own pyramid head so for some reason on top of all the million other costumes because this was kind of getting into like the shimmer season where all the, the internationals came over and the shows kind of beefed up and there were a lot more shows back to back to back. So I had a lot of costumes to make. But for some reason, I felt like I needed to do pyramid head on top of all of this. So I was like, making all of this, but also making this giant pyramid head. And that was probably more stressful than it should have been because it's not like you can wrestle in the pyramid. So I did this whole elaborate entrance and then did the, the removal of the head and I had like solid black eyes and it was cool, but it was like, man, I really did all of that. Like two weeks of probably just nonstop building for a 32nd entrance. Hey,
0: yeah. you know what? In, in wrestling, the entrance is everything. So right?
2: that's what they say. So I did, I did, I came out and that was also one that I probably should have thought about. Like, with mechanics because pyramid if you know wears this long skirt obviously I gave myself slits so I can move my legs around do the kicks and stuff but it's still a little too long so I did get caught I mean it wasn't a big blooper or anything It just one of those I it slowed me down a little bit like I would try to like jump on the ropes and I got caught a little bit so I have to like move the skirt real quick and then jump off and do whatever so I learned in the for our future costumes to trim that to, to it can be a long skirt but it needs to be probably shin length nothing longer than shin length maybe even a little bit higher so so i learned a valuable lesson with that one. Oh, god there's so many i could i could probably do the entire podcast on various dumb costumes I've done in my past. so <laughs> But those are two that really just stand out in my mind. Uh, I mean, towards the end of my indie run, I was doing a lot more wrestling cosplays. So I've done, uh, you know, I've done Kenny, I've done Cody, I've done Sandman, Sabu, Sgt. <laughs> <Sergeant> Slaughter. Wow. <laughs> so many. And the thing is, I try to incorporate, like, their moveset. I remember I've done Undertaker a couple of times, so I had to like practice walking on the ropes. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see a cosplay as Sergeant Slaughter. That's got <laughs> to that's find gotta that. be fun i have to
2: find that. It was for yeah, uh, please. one of those crazy WrestleMania we weekend shows. It was like a midnight show. But it was – I want to say it was Russell Circus and uh, uh, Sammy Callahan's uh, company. I, Brain is – they were doing a joint show together and I was on that and ended coming out as Sergeant Slaughter. And I want to say I either tagged with or maybe a No, I wrestled against Jake Manning who his whole thing is, you know, based on Sergeant Slaughter as well. So it's Sergeant Slaughter cosplay versus Jake Manning, the boy scout. So
1: <laughs> wow,
2: <laughs> that was, yeah, I to say we wrestled each other. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, I'll have to find that for you, Tony and show you. Yeah,
1: please do. I want to want to see that now. So you go, uh, your indie run. You you go to the WWE twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. Talk about that those years being with. I was them.
2: actually never signed uh, with them at really? all. It was one of those. I got a phone call. I got a, actually I got a phone call before Blue Pants, uh, for Rosebud stuff. So I'd done a few tours like house shows and TV tapings as a Rosebud a couple times, and uh, I got a call like on a on a tuesday before wednesday taping it was like hey uh, we would love to have you back but this time for NXT. And I'm like sweet. Am I am I again?" they again? Like oh no, actually you're wrestling. And I'm like oh. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to wear. Okay, what do I do? <laughs> so so I wasn't that was literally i was I was a universal working doing between shows when I got that call, so I was like, "Ah, they got tonight to figure it out." But I had a few what I like to call them TV gear, uh which is like cosplays, but like very geary cosplays, and I packed those up and I always overpack and and showed up to do my extra work, and it just kind of took a turn that none of us in the world would have expected at all. It was uh Carmella's debut. The boys were gonna be wrestling and then call her out. Hey, you know, well that call her out, but hey, get in the ring, we have a surprise for you. You're gonna do your wrestling debut. And then they called me out, which is very, very rare. And I think it's probably what also helped make blue pants kind of what it was. Because they ended up like, hey, yo, girl in the blue pants, come on down. And they started singing. And then instead of getting mad, ba, 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 ba. exactly, <laughs> instead of getting mad, I kind of played it up like, yeah, I do have blue pants. Aren't they cool? They are cool. Ah, 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 Instead of taking it like, oh, I'm angry you made fun of me. It was more of like, I'm happy that I'm actually here, which is. Pretty much internally, how I felt, but also like I wanted to kind of incorporate the every fan. Like, let's say you pulled a fan out of the crowd and, like, hey, you're going to be in the ring right now. How would they react? Oh my God, me, me. So I kind of took that. And I think it was just a weird combination of the boys' humor, Carmella being such a great, booable heel. and me kind of playing up the oh my god I'm just so happy to be here and dancing with my blue pants and and it also helped that I'm sure a lot of people knew me from the indie scene because it was in Orlando, Florida where I'm based out of so we just got a big blue pants chant. It was the weirdest thing. They came on did it come on down. I did the blue pants. I was dancing. I ended up getting blue pants, blue pants, blue pants. We did our match again. It was a really quick little, you know, moment to to get Carmella over for her first win. And we got in the back and they were like, You four got a blue pants chant. What? How does that even happen? And they're just, everyone was just like, Triple H, everyone was just like, and just started laughing. Like, we don't know how you guys did that, but all right. And next thing I know, like uh, the next taping, I get a call like Tuesday before, hey, we're going to see how they react if you come back. And I'm like, okay, I'll come back. And it was like a science experiment. I swear. But maybe that just maybe how my brain works. But it's like, let's bring her back and see how they react. Oh, it was a good reaction. All right, what about the next time? And we add music. And we add this. And it was just, it was crazy. It was a science experiment that went for like a year and a half. <laughs> but yeah, I was never actually officially signed. About, uh, let's see, math. I'm trying to do math. About nine months into it. Uh, maybe maybe more like six months-ish time kind of just blends into each other but i'm gonna say about a good halfway point into it they offered me a merchandise contract here we want you to have a blue pants shirt so i ended up having that contract but again i was never officially signed on the roster it was literally That's i was ridiculous. it was a pay-per-view appearance with no contract signed at all it was just like here we're gonna bring you in here's your money boom have a nice life you know what no we like to have you come back Let's we'll see what happens. And so it's just, it was that's how it worked. So it was just the oddest but coolest thing. It was definitely during the beginning of them bringing in indie talent. Because it was, at the time, it was me. They had Rhino, who wasn't signed at the time. They were bringing in Joe on a regular basis, pre-being signed. And then it was right before they started bringing in Gargano and them. And then, like, maybe my second or third, maybe fourth taping, that's when I started bringing them in. And it was just very interesting. We were, like, at the time, again, uh, most of them ended up getting signed uh, for one reason or another. Um, But, yeah, we were all kind of the unsigners that were coming in and being used. It was very interesting. But that was definitely the beginning of that that cycle for for wwe so it was very interesting it was a lot of fun it was very nerve-wracking because i never knew like am i doing it right am i not doing it right why am i not signed but maybe it's there is freedom in not being signed so i can still do what i want to do outside of here and, and it was fun because i'm still doing indie bookings i was still doing crazy cosplay stuff i started taking uh bookings as blue pants as well but it was like an interesting mixture of like Hey, Leba Bates, the same as Blue Pants, right currently on NXT, is also doing this show. So it's like, I just kind of went with it. It was like out of my control. I had really, it wasn't calculating anything. I was just like, okay, I'll show up. <laughs> oh, okay, I can still do any shows. Okay, I'll still do indie shows. You know, like, I got rent to pay. <laughs> rent in Orlando is not cheap, guys. So no, uh, I, still no. had, I still had rent to pay. So it was, it was so interesting that, like, I still don't really fully understand it, like living it and moving past it. You know, like, huh. But yeah, I never really had a conversation saying, this is why we're going to sign you, or this is why we're not going to sign you. It was just one of those, hey, uh last time was a lot of fun you want to come and try to get do it again another time all right yeah all right we'll see you tomorrow oh hey we're gonna do a little run on with house shows and we want you to wrestle Sasha Banks for a couple house shows is that cool well yeah that'd be great (laughs) but it it did feel a little like at times I did feel a little isolated because even with the house shows everyone has to to pack up the ring and pick up and you know the crew stuff you know or you keep which is in the indies you do that all the time and so i understood that so the very first night i i went to go help tear down the ring and they're like oh you can't do that you can't do that and i'm like why can i not do that i want to help they're like it's a it's a legal issue since you're not signed you haven't signed the right proper forms and if you get hurt we can't be liable for that. So we can't allow you to tear down the ring. And I felt terrible. Cause I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm just coming in and getting a free ride. And you know what I mean? Like I'm not having to do any of the hard stuff. So I, I always kind of felt super self-conscious about that. So I'm like, I remember asking Sarah Amato, I'm like, can I at least pick up the trash on the floor? And she was like, yeah, you can do that if you want. I'm like, okay, at least I'm helping. <laughs> I'm not allowed to move the chairs on the the ring but I can at least help in one way you know I wanted to, to at least you guess you know how it is you know, especially in certain places if you're if you're just sitting back letting other people do things oh she has a big head or it's this that and I I was so self-conscious cuz I I always try so hard to be a team player and I don't I don't want ever anyone to ever think any time whether it was NXT and these AEW Anything, even outside of wrestling that I'm not a team player. So I was was just super self-conscious about that. So I always felt like I was a little bit on like, I don't know what I'm doing because I I, I haven't had, you know, like, "Ah." but it was also a really wonderful opportunity to really expand in my brand. And within the world of indies, my my indie booking started picking up big time, obviously. And I started getting a little bit more higher higher profile matches. And it was just – Honestly, I keep saying today, if it wasn't for Blue Pants, I probably wouldn't be the librarian. You know what I mean? Like, everything happens for a reason. And whether I never got signed or not with, with them, it probably was because I was in the path I was supposed to be going, which was heading towards AEW, you know, and Blue Pants was the stepping stone for that. I learned so much during that time. And uh, I had no hard feelings. I have no like sadness. I just have wonderful memories and I'm very thankful and grateful that I've had the experience and I'm able to keep moving forward, you know? So I, I feel I, like out of a lot of people, I have a wonderful story to tell. I know a lot of people's times, especially they may not have the best stories and And I mean, there's always, well, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I haven't you know? I know someone so had a talking to about what they need to work on to get signed. I still haven't had that conversation, so it was a lot of uncertainty. But again, it, it was all for for the best, you know.
1: All right. When we come back, we are going to field some uh, questions from fans. What? You ready for that? I didn't know. <laughs> yes, we are, and we're we're with Leva Bates on AEW Unrestricted. We are talking with Leva Bates on AEW Unrestricted, and we took a kind of just kind of took a break there so she could take a breath. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> I, I warned you guys that I talk a lot. Maybe it's a theater training. I can just keep prolonging it <laughs> with the queen, the, use the, my queen <laughs> the queen of hustle.
0: The queen of hustle and the queen of taking advantage of opportunity. Leva Bates, everybody. Okay. <laughs>
1: Okay, so now you were at one time the part of the abduction of Sting and Hulk Hogan. Before we get to the questions, uh, talk about that because you mentioned that Hulk Hogan was your favorite as a kid. How was that for you?
2: Well, all right, not not to be a jerk, but he actually wasn't my favorite as a kid. Oh, he wasn't? Okay. <laughs> I just, but he was, like, iconic. You know what I mean? Like, he was one of those who god, Hogan was. He was super iconic. But, but anyway, no, it was really, really cool. It was one of those, again. I was between uh, shows doing a dance show at Universal Studios and I got a phone call saying, hey, we'd love to have you do a little segment for us uh, with Aces and Apes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> when is this? I need to make sure I can tell work that uh, I'm going to not be here. And, and I, I, mean, I didn't even think twice about it. I'm like, alright, what are we doing? And I got there and uh, they were like, yeah, you're going to mace Sting and Hogan in the face. And I'm like, <laughs> What? <laughs> two two icons I grew up watching. You're just going to casually mace them in the face. And then right. like the person that's probably – i and now that I'm in the business, I'm sure he's probably agent of the show is Bischoff. Again, someone else that I used to watch – growing up and I'm just like he's my agent he's like well he was like directing the scene now again I didn't know he was like they were called agents I just thought he was the director you know because from the right. acting world that's what they're called so I'm like he was the one that was directing the scene and like he said something and I made a joke back I don't even remember what I said but it made him laugh and he just gave me a big hug because goes I like this girl oh my god oh my brains! <laughs> so so uh they were having a thing i show up just you know little little girl hey i need you to sign these forms like a little pa personal assistant backstage girl which is funny because it's kind of what i do now
0: come full circle <laughs> and
2: and then all of a sudden i pull out the mace and mace i'm in the face we took two takes they had two separate cans of mace. Because the, the first take was that the act in the was fine, but, like, the camera angle didn't get the the boys jumping them right. I don't know. They're like, let's do two takes just for safety. So I'm like, all right. So they gave me a separate can. So the first can, uh, I'm spraying them, you know, in the face. It's just water. You know, it's a mace can, but just filled with water. And before the second time, Hogan looks at me. He goes, Can you make sure you really get in my eyes to 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 make it look super real? And I'm like, well, yes, sir. Whatever you need me to do. So they give me a secondary can. All right, here's your new can of you know pepper spray, and you know go. So an action, sir. I need you to sign this, and they sign it, and I pull it out. (laughs) So I spray him both in face. They get jumped, thrown in the van. At the end of taping, I see Hogan kind of just doing this, like, oh, oh, God. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong? He's like, there's actually pepper spray in this bottle. Apparently, they didn't clean out the bottle very well. And there was oh, still no. a little bit of pepper spray mixed in with the water. So it was diluted, but it was still there. So his eyes were mm. like burning. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so, so sorry. And he was really, oh, boy. Sad. He goes, not your fault. I'm the one who told you to spray me directly in the eyes. And I just felt so bad. I'm like, I literally just maced token in the face. <laughs> 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 but yeah no, that, that was just kind of what happened and then nothing really came of it they, there was a lot of talks about me kind of coming back for being a part of the the aces the Ace. they were doing a what was it called the world cup the world tournament where it was like each group wrestling each other and they wanted to bring in a girl for that but there was a couple different girls they were looking at and ended up they got, went with someone else but yeah it, it was just i loved it came in to mace them both in a face and they were both were wonderful about it I it's funny though I met Hogan at one of Devon's shows a couple years ago and I was like hi I don't know if you remember me because I had probably had different crazy color hair at the time probably I think I might have been like multicolored when he first saw me and then I think when we met again I was solid black I was like I don't know if you remember me or not but I'm Leva. I actually was a girl who really makes you in the face and he started laughing <laughs> was like, Yep, yeah, that was me and you know we had a good laugh about that but yeah I I literally maced Hogan in the face.
0: Mm. Oh, boy. I'm sure we got a couple other fun stories coming in as yeah. we move to Fan Q&A. So we've got Leva Bates with us. And we had a few fan questions for her. Thanks to everyone who submitted questions at TNTdrama.com slash All Eat Wrestling slash Unrestricted Podcast. So first up, we have one from Colin. So what foods or restaurants do you miss most from the road?
2: Ooh. Oh, man. You know what I love to do? I love to try a local place so i i don't know if i really have like a lot of favorite restaurants but what i'll do is like oh well i'm I'm in this town what is the best you know what is the most local cuisine of this area so i miss that i miss going to like maybe louisiana and getting like jambalaya or some gumbo i always get gumbo always or something crazy along that line and then going to like maybe california and getting something with avocado on it <laughs> you know what i mean like or, or going to texas oh man you know what i really i love texas so much uh but like the, the barbecue and the buckies oh man those are always my favorite things uh barbecue and Bucky's, the bb's of texas uh so those are the things i really miss is like the the local cuisine of each place
1: uh dave beck wants to know what do you like best about aew oh my Ooh.
2: god everything wow, how about that? <laughs> that, yeah. that's just uh how much time we got here no um
1: <laughs> i knew this was going to be a long oh, one.
2: i, I i'm trying to talk what? about yeah. i'm going to to make this short and concise
1: i don't believe okay. you.
2: <laughs> you you know what it is it's the feeling you get from everyone everyone is just so happy and excited to be here they're so just jazzed about it and the thing is that's how it was like the first like double or nothing the first dynamite but it's still how it is today everyone's just so happy and so excited just to be a part of something so special so the vibe you get backstage is not like anything i've ever had in any company ever And don't get me wrong, I love a lot of companies I've worked for in the past, but it's just, it's the vibe that you can't describe. It's super positive. Uh, We try to, you know, eliminate no drama, you know, any drama we can. So there's not like Mm -hmm. any sort of side eyes and like sneers and like people kind of being, feeling a certain kind of way. And that happens so much in wrestling. It really does. And the fact that it's not like that because we're a big family. You know, you love each other, everyone, and you just like like Dustin always says this in class. Like it's we're a family. We lift each other up instead of pushing yes. someone down to get to the top. You lift each other up and you go to the top together. And that's that really does encompass what AEW is all about, backstage and in front. Because because especially, I think it comes from Tony. Tony's so hands on. He's so just just thinks about every single thing that how it can affect each individual, not just talent, but crew as well. Your safety, your well-being, your happiness, and I've never seen a boss like that. And it's it trickles down. It trickles down to the EVPs, and EVPs trickles down to the agents. The agents trickles down to talent. Talent trickles down to to the crew and the production staff. It's just everyone's just full of positivity, and I just can't express that. That is so rare in the world of entertainment, not just wrestling. Because again, everyone's right. just kind of out for themselves, and whereas AEW really promotes teamwork.
0: So we've got a question from Shannon Westcott. As we're all adjusting to the new normal, uh, what's something that you've enjoyed doing in your free time this year?
2: Sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, with the new normal, uh, we we've been you know in the past. Have you seen we we've been on like two weeks like you film two weeks have a week off come back next week so Mm -hmm. that's given me a lot more time to focus on other things uh my well-being (laughs) to be honest I feel like I feel better now than I have in a long time I just having more time to to enjoy the things like you buy things you're like oh well you know I'm gonna buy this and watch this movie at some point or play this game and I haven't been able to do that, especially when you're on the road every week or even before that, like even with the Indies and I was also still pretty much full-time at Universal Studios. So I'm performing there and then coming home at night and then leaving on the weekends and wrestling and being gone more than I'm at home. So now it's completely the opposite where it's like, I'm home all the time. So like, Oh, wow i own this i didn't know i owned this this is cool like there's dvds i'm like i had no idea i owned this this is awesome and i've watched it so it's kind of cool i also have a cat that's 18. she's had her since birth so it's nice to actually kind of spend some more quality time with her she's my child but yeah it's it's the thing is as humans we have to adapt and and i feel like you know i'm doing that pretty well and then when When and if we go back to, again, the travel schedule, I'll be ready to do that. You know what? I think I'll be well-rested and ready to go.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Lauren wants any advice for a typically shy and quiet girl who wants to work as a manager or interviewer in the wrestling world.
2: No, we don't bite. (laughs) I get it. I I do. Because of wrestling, I've lost a lot of my hearing, uh, especially on this side. and Actually, this side. And then this is the good side. That has actually pulled me out of social, like, Interactions as much as I used to be. I used to be such a social butterfly, but because of the hearing, it's hard to... Sometimes you just get tired of asking people, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Or if you're at a bar, it gets really loud and you can't understand anyone. You know, it's just a lot of extra noises. So it's actually a scientific thing when people have hearing uh, issues, they kind of start to withdraw a little bit, become a little bit more introverted. Now, I mean, not fully introverted, but I have found myself being a little bit more introverted. It could also be age. I'm just tired and old, you know? So... (laughs) So I, I do find myself a little bit more introverted than I used to be maybe like 10, 15 years ago. So I get that. And, and I deal with that actually a lot more now and issues with that. Like I have to like, oh, Eva, you have to, you know, just, just make an appearance. Just just get out, out of your room or get out of the house and make an appearance, you know. And I really have to like coach myself that. And I've always learned, and this is what you want to remember. If you can get yourself out of the door, that's the hard part that's the hard hard part like people have like parties birthday parties or whatever and i'm like i don't feel like going but if i get myself out of the the house into the car and once i get there i have a lot of fun same thing right just get yourself out the door that's literally the hardest part you want to be an interviewer you have to be able to make that first step and the first steps are always hard i want to interview this person so i have to contact him again that is going outside of the door you have to make that contact and that literally is the hardest thing worst case scenario they're going to say no you'll move on with life not a big deal it's no sucks but we've all dealt with that and we learn it's okay it is okay and you can move on to the next one you're going to be okay so just again the analogy, take that first step. Take the first step out the door. And once you do it, it becomes super easy. So I hope that makes sense.
1: Yep, it does. And it's great advice, and, uh, and it's advice that many of us uh, have learned. And mo- we always hear no more than we hear yes. But that shouldn't stop you from moving ahead. Le- Leva, thanks. Thanks for your time. Oh,
2: thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. C-
2: and I know I talk yeah, a lot, so thank you for enduring. Yeah,
1: Yours. <laughs> You are such a bundle of energy. You can follow Leva on Twitter at Wrestling Leva. Yep. And subscribe to our AEW Unrestricted Podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. And where else can you check out the podcast, Aubrey? You can
0: check out the video version of the podcast on YouTube. Just search for AEW Unrestricted. And remember, of course, tune in to AEW Dynamite Wednesdays, 8, 7 central on TNT. I'm Aubrey
1: Edwards. I'm Tony Schiavone. Thanks for joining us. And thanks, Leva, for being with us on AEW Unrestricted.